Payback Time is a podcast about building businesses, wealth, and financial freedom. We try to uncover the challenges our guests faced, the mistakes they made, and the steps they took to achieve their goals. The overall objective is to provide you with a roadmap that leads to your own success. Sean Tepper is your host. Are you ready? It's Payback Time. This is a good one. Is there a shortcut to achieving your goals? Absolutely not. But there is a way to shorten the timeline. Hard work and discipline are important traits, but the trait that will get you there the fastest is knowledge. My next guest has two key businesses, one of which is a hedge fund, where he generates around 20% per year for his clients. The other is an educational platform that empowers people to trade on their own. Yes, I said trade, not invest. He has developed a system that helps traders reduce risk and generate positive returns, which is impressive as most traders lose money. In this episode, we talk about trading versus investing. However, we do spend a lot of time talking about mindset. The way we think and the expectations we set will define our future, and most people don't set big enough goals. If you're an investor or entrepreneur, this episode is one you don't want to miss. Please welcome Dion Pounsel. Dion, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Good to have you here. Why don't you kick us off and tell us about your background? Yeah, so my name is Dion Pounsel. I am the Principal and Chief Investment Officer for Pounsel Capital, which is a global macro, multi-asset, multi-strategy, systematic hedge fund, which is a lot of words that means that we use computer programs and computer algorithms to trade for ourselves and our clients in the market. And then I am also the founder of Money School, uh, which is a streaming app that helps people, everyday people, uh, learn how to trade and invest. So think Netflix for trading and investing. We we can understand that. A lot of our investors are retail investors that they like to do it themselves, manage their own investments. Um, real quick, before we dive into your two business segments a little bit, I'd like to learn a little bit more about your background. Did you um, Were you in the finance industry, like working for a large firm before? What did you do before? Before this, technically, yes, but this is not my traditional background. I'm originally from the south side of Chicago. I went to school in New York on a baseball scholarship and played baseball for a while, um, was in the independent leagues, uh, playing professionally for a second, transitioned into business, into corporate, which led me into launching my own agency, which led me into technology, which took Mm -hmm. me to California did that for a while. And then I ended up working at a venture capital firm that also had a trading side of the house, migrated and fell in love with the trading side of the house, read some books, took some courses, bet on myself, had some success, (laughs) and then uh, studied and uh, became a licensed series three commodity pool operator and commodity trading advisor and started my own hedge fund from there. Nice. So if you were to summarize all your experience, how many years of finance experience do you say you have? Uh, close to seven. Seven years? Okay. Okay. You packed seven. in a lot there. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, because I'm very data driven. And so one of the companies, the agency that I started, one of the most impactful pivots for me was we used to go project to project based with our clients. And then we switched to retainer based only. And we used to have to provide weekly and monthly metrics to the clients to prove that what we were doing for them was worth 
the return on investment. And that is where I got access to the power of data and using data to make data-driven decisions for business. And so once I seen how impactful and powerful that was for businesses and how impactful it was for technology, um, and then I got into the head side of that firm and seen how you use data to make just decisions to make money, it just all clicked and connected and we just took off from there. Nice, nice. That's an awesome background. I too have a agency background as well, 2006 to 2010. Didn't leverage data as much as you. I was in a position where I wanted to actually get out of the business as fast as possible as a service business. It was very limited scalability and yeah. a lot of headaches, but anyway, <laughs> story for yeah. another day. Um, yeah. Let's dive into Ponso Capital, the commodity side of the business. Tell us about what you do here. And I'd be very interested, our listeners too, is what kind of returns they could potentially make with Decided. Yeah. So to talk about Pouncil Capital. So uh, when when I gave the you know wordy intro, global macro, multi-asset, multi-strategy, systematic, let me break that down. So global macro means that we can invest into uh, any marketplaces around the world. So that's global and then that's macro, right? Multi-asset. So I have, I technically have two funds. Fund one is primarily for public markets. So in fund one, we trade uh, stocks, bonds, options, forex, futures. We can do venture investments. We can do private equity. So we pretty much have a a full suite, multi asset. We're we're covered. And the reason that that's important because is what you put in your subscription documents and what you tell your investors you're going to trade in. Whether you limit it or you keep it open, then you have to stick to those guidelines, right? And then. Multi-strategy. So although we create algos and computer programs to trade with and for us in the markets, different algos work better on different asset classes or different strategies work better on different asset classes. So you would not take a scalping approach uh, to something you're looking for at a long-term investment, right? So you're going to have a different strategy for the different approach or the different desired outcome or return on investment, right? And then uh, systematic simply means that we're literally following a step-by-step rigorous process to make sure that we always put risk management first and that we always account for uh, quality risk-to-reward ratios to put ourselves in high-probability scenarios where the juice is worth the squeeze, as we Mm -hmm. like to say, Mm -hmm. okay? And um, so that's kind of a summary of what those technical terms mean in layman terms or simplified Right. Um, so if you look at most firms are either absolute firms or they're benchmark firms. OK, most of the public is familiar with benchmark firms. And so a benchmark is something that could be considered like the S&P 500 or the Nasdaq or the Dow. And what they're saying is, is based off of our trading style, we're going to compare our returns to that benchmark. So, for example, the S&P 500 traditionally returns between seven and 10 percent annually. Right. So they will say, well, we performed at 8% this year and the current market is at 3% this year. So we outperformed our benchmark by 5%. So their investors will be happy because they outperformed the market. We run an absolute return fund, okay? And most hedge funds uh, are leaning towards or are already absolute firms because the, especially the ones that trade in the commodities markets like futures and Forex, which we do, 
because the returns could, to some people, sound astronomical, right? So there are firms that are doing 100, 200, 300% returns. It might not be as public and as accessible to the common man, but it doesn't really make sense to compare that to 7% from the SPY because of course. you could literally just tell somebody, hey, just, you know, it's a high probability if you just want to park your money here in some indexes or some funds that, you know, invest into the SPY or the QQQ or things like that. You could pretty much do that and not pay the fees, right? Um, so uh, absolute returns are a little bit more enticing, exciting, engaging, but greater the reward, always greater the risk, right? So you have to really right. know yourself, know your risk appetite and what you're looking for. And so that is what, you know, I would say to explain what those differences are to people and and kind of how we approach it at Pouncil Capital. Got it. And, and thank you for breaking down the differences there. I'd like to jump into this absolute return a little bit because that 100%, I can tell you right now, that's a number that's going to jump out not only to myself, but mm-hmm. to my audience. And they're like, okay, tell me more. So if somebody were to approach you and we'll get into minimum requirements in a moment, but if somebody wants to invest, what kind of expectations are you setting with the customer when you sit down with them or jump on a Zoom call? Yeah, so I don't promise any returns because nothing is guaranteed. The markets are going to do what the market's going to do. No one has control. If anyone tells you that they don't lose trades or they never lost any money, please go the other way. They are absolutely (laughs) lying to you, okay? Even the best algorithms on the planet lose trades. It's not about wins or losses per se. It's actually about the ratios or the averages between that, right? So for an example, um, if you, the greatest quant of all time right now, his name is Jim Simons, okay? Mm -hmm. He runs a firm called Renaissance Technology. And he's like, the GOAT of quant. So if you're a basketball fan, you might think Michael Jordan is the GOAT, the greatest of all time, or you might think Kobe or LeBron, whatever. Jim Simons is like the GOAT of quants, okay? I just read his book. uh, The Man Who Solved the Markets. Yes. 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 So he runs two multi-billion dollar firms. A couple people have done that, not a lot, but he has returned over 30% for the last 30 years straight. Okay, and one of my favorite quotes from him in his book is that he focuses on getting his algorithms to be at least 51.5 percent accurate 100 percent of the time. Okay, and what that means is that he believes that if he can just have a 51 percent win rate, which is one percent better than um, average or 50 50. And he can get that to an exact science of 100%. He will be profitable. Okay, so I want everybody to really truly understand that. It's about winning more than you lose, but winning more and losing less. So if you win more, you can win and lose the exact same amount of times. But if you win more money when you win versus losing less money when you lose, you must finish profitable. It's just math. So what I like to teach our prospective investors and what I like to teach our students up front is a very simple mathematical breakdown. If you take 10 trades the exact same way with the exact same risk parameters, let's say two to one, okay? If you risk, let's use simple numbers. If you use, if you risk a thousand dollars in one trade, in five trades, and you risk, if you risk a thousand dollars in 10 trades, but in five trades, you lose, 
and you have a two to one risk to reward ratio and you win five times, now you've made $10,000 because $2,000 times five wins is 10,000, but you've lost five times. But in that loss, you've only lost $1,000 each. So you lose $5,000. So now you take 10,000 minus 5,000 and you must finish profitable. So that first and foremost, we educate and then we say, hey, look, trading and investing is risky. You could potentially lose all your money. So we want to be upfront that no, you're not gambling, but the markets will do what they want. And then our goal uh, as a firm is 20 percent return minimum. That is our goal. Okay. And so we educate, we inform and then we say, hey, here's our goals and here's how we plan to reach that. And we will never risk more than 5% of your available cash balance in one individual trade. Gotcha. So it sounds like you're you're not doing so much long-term buy and holds and then keep investing in the same stock. You're buying and selling. So you're more trading for your customers. Is that right? Yeah, correct. We have approaches. We can take uh, short-term and long-term. It just depends. Multi-asset, multi-strategy. But typically... We don't really hold trades longer than, you know, four hours and most likely less than seconds. So we have an algorithm that can generate over a million decisions per second. Our average um, trade, if you will, is about eight milliseconds. So we, our algos can scan the market, find a high probability entry opportunity, get in the trade, manage the trade, exit the trade in uh, eight milliseconds. So we're not as fast as a high-frequency firm, a high-frequency trading, um, but we're faster than scalping. So scalping is typically 30 seconds to five-minute holding patterns. High-frequency is nanoseconds to milliseconds, and we're between milliseconds and seconds. It's kind of that sweet spot. But if we're riding a trend and our forecast and our projections tells us to hold longer, ride longer, we will ride the trend or ride the ride as long as it pays us. But typically it falls in a range between eight milliseconds and like four hours. Sure. Here's more of a business model question for you. If you're doing a lot of activity like this, you know, buying and selling in in such short durations, how do you do that for so many clients at once? Uh, So the algos, right? Because the algos uh, are systematically programmed. They don't get hungry. They don't get tired. They don't get cell phone calls or text messages. They don't check their they don't call in sick. They don't check Instagram. They don't worry. They're not worried about how many followers they have. They're just literally doing what they're programmed to do. Right. Yeah. And it allows us to scale um, by being able to take on multiple clients, et cetera. So it's 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 a very efficient approach to a efficient market because a lot of people think that, yes, technically trading and investing in the capital markets is gambling. Right. If you really just look at it, apples to apples to a casino. But the major difference is that in the capital markets, you can actually get an edge. Right. So one of the one of my favorite books and one of my most inspirational books that actually got me into the market was a gentleman named um, Edward Thorpe. Okay, he wrote a book. Most people know Beat the Dealer. Okay, so Beat the Dealer became a best-selling novel and it also became a best-selling movie. Kevin Spacey played the character of Edward Thorpe in a movie called 21. And 
It's, it's a real life story. Everthorpe was a mathematician and physicist from MIT, and he created a system to count cards and to get an edge in blackjack. So if you know anything about the casino, they always say the house always wins. So craps, the most you can get is a 50-50 chance. Uh, slots start at a negative 30% chance. And uh, blackjack is the only game in the house where the player can actually get an edge between about 0.6 and 1%, depending on if you count the cards correctly. Now, I read that book back in 2016. I've had some success playing blackjack. So fast forward, I came across Beat the Market, which was also read, um, wrote by Edward Thorpe. And I knew the success I had in blackjack. And he made so many millions of dollars and got kicked out of Vegas and stuff like that, that he applied similar strategies to the markets. And now he runs two multi-billion dollar hedge firms that are systematic hedge firms. So, you know, what you want to do in these markets is you want to find a strategy. You want to find a way that you can get an edge, whether that is, is, is back in a money manager, whether that is buying a course and learning a strategy, whether that's buying an algorithm that uh, helps you with those things. What you want to do is you want to find a way to get you an edge. And an edge simply means an advantage. And when you can find that in the market and you can be consistent, you can have some patience, self-control and discipline, you can have life-changing results. And I'm living proof of that because literally to this day, I still don't have my college degree because I left to play baseball. So going from the South side of Chicago to a single, from a single parent home to a hedge fund manager, if I could do it, you can do it. Yeah. Right. Right. And I will say this, you've got a strategy in play that works for you. We at ticker, we actually, we do not agree with the statements that investing in the stock market is like investing or going to the casino, like gambling, because we're, our strategy, yes, we look at the numbers, but we also look at the business, the competition, and the management, mm-hmm. we call it the 4Ms. And that way, if you're latching onto a business that's obviously proven to produce revenue year over year and returns for the customers year over year, the probability is super high that you as an investor is going to make returns. Yeah, I think you brought up a good point. I think, you know, so one of the things we teach our students is you're not traders, you're not investors, you're actually risk managers. So although, yes, we do we do look at it as a open market, right, or a, a, a casino approach, the thing of the casino approach is you want to put yourself in a position like the house because the house always wins because the casino is not gambling. The humans are gambling. The casino is only based off of math and probabilities. And so if you can have high probability strategies and you can have the patient self-control and discipline to stick to it, you can put yourself in consistent positions to win and be successful. One of my favorite books is called uh, Thinking in Bets by Annie Duke. And so she was in her doctorate program at Wharton uh, studying psychology, left and became a poker player. And she's now the world's best female poker player. And she wrote a book called Thinking and Bets. And the whole premise of the book is everything is probabilities. Everything is choice and everything has is connected and has a direct impact on your future outcomes. And so one of the main stories in the book is like, you want to lose weight. Everybody wants to lose weight or be, be in shape and be fit. And she says, well, everybody has to eat. You don't eat, you die. So you already know what the probability of that outcome is. But for the people who want to make the choice to eat, you have two choices. You can eat the banana or you can eat the Twinkie. Both will fulfill your temporary want and or need to fill that hunger, but only one 
has the highest probability to help you reach that goal. And so the whole book is talking about thinking in bets, thinking in probabilities for every decision you make and thinking and saying, hey, how does this take me closer to my future desired outcome or further away and choosing the high probability route? I love it. This this is a book that's right up my alley. Yeah. Real quick here. Can you say it again? Thinking in Bets. That is the name of the book. Okay. It's literally, yep, it's the name of the book. And she is the world's most successful female poker player. I think right now she's over six to eight million dollars in World Series of Poker and Wins. I tell some of my friends this is you want to be going through life, especially as you grow older, making strategic chess moves. Like the move you make today, what is the impact it's going to have not only tomorrow, but we're talking weeks in advance, months in advance, years in advance. And I've got a few friends, they don't think that way. And then they wonder why they're stuck where they've been the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. I'm like, today, you need to be thinking about these chess moves. So what she's talking about here is, is very much in line. Like, Hey, am I going to eat the banana or Twinkie? Like, yeah, you've been trying to lose weight the last 10 years. You're doing something wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is good. Um, what I'd like to do is uh, talk about how can people get involved with this business, and then we'll transition to the educational business you have as well. Okay. So you have a hedge fund, so you require credited investors, and we've right. on the podcast we've talked about what the requirements there are. But what are your minimum investment levels? Yeah, so to invest in Pouncil Capital, we have two subscription offerings. So subscription A is a hundred thousand dollar minimum, and that offering has a 0% management fee, uh, but a 50% performance fee. And then we have subscription B, which is a million dollar minimum. And that is a 2% management fee and a 20% performance fee. Um, so you have the options after you've you know proven that you're an accredited investor and you kind of go through KYC, AML and things of that nature, then those are your two offerings. And you can decide to be in the pool of investments with the overall fund, or you can you can decide to be in a separately managed account where I only manage uh, your money in that account and you're not a part of the pool. So we, we try to give options for our uh, prospects. Gotcha. And very cut and dry, very in line with the hedge fund market, which is the two and 22% management, 20% commission, essentially. Yep. So, yeah. Awesome. Let's take a quick commercial break. Do you feel like stock investing is too confusing, too time-consuming, or too risky? It doesn't have to be. If you ever considered investing on your own but don't know where to start, Ticker is your solution. Ticker safely guides you through your investment journey by finding great stocks and showing you why those stocks are on sale, giving you the confidence that you're making a wise investment. I created Ticker because, number one, I wanted to remove emotions from investing. In other words, I wanted a software to make buying and selling decisions for me so I don't have to. Number two, I wanted to save time. Analyzing stocks can take hours, if not days, and I didn't want to spend all day looking at a computer. I have other hobbies in life I'd rather be enjoying. I've been using Ticker the last five years to generate average returns ranging between 15% and 50% per year. Seeing that I was generating consistent high returns multiple years in a row motivated me to turn this software into a tool to share with others. If you're interested, you can get started with a free trial. Visit ticker.com. That's T-Y-K-R.com. Again, ticker.com. 
All right. Well, why don't you tell us about your other model? I have the website up here, moneyschool.com. And and just the listeners here, it's money and school is S-K-O-O-L.com. We'll make sure we have the link correctly set up when we promote you. But yeah, tell us about this business. Yeah. So money school was uh, something that I just truly believe. So I I believe that uh, knowing about money and knowing about capitalism is a human right. Right. We because we live in a capitalist society. If you don't know about capitalism and you don't know about money, you are behind and you will always be in a lower tiered class because uh, the people who have control and power and have the money will always be able to be above you because simply because you may not know. And that may be by choice or by force or however it ends up happening. I just truly believe that everybody should know and have the opportunity to have access to that information and capital. Right. So um, that's number one. Number two is. I I felt like because I didn't come from money and once I got exposed to how money truly operates, I wanted to focus on building generational wealth for myself and for my family. And then once we were able to accomplish that and do those things, I said, you know what, if we can make this simple and plain for everybody to understand it, then we should do that. And so, you know, dealing with family sometimes is always the most difficult. So Mm -hmm. I was able to teach my family and I was like, well, if they can get it and be successful, then other people can. Um, And then lastly, I almost died last year. I was in the hospital for four weeks. I was in intensive care for two weeks. And uh, one of those nights, the doctor came in and said, hey, get your things in order. You might not make it through tonight. So I'm very big on energy. I didn't receive that. And, you know, I said, you know, this is not my time. I'm not only going to get out of this hospital, but when I do, I'm going to make the world 1% better. So I literally Googled the amount of people in the world because I'm a data guy, even even in a hospital. And it was approximately 7.5 billion people on the planet. And um, 1% of 7.5 billion is 75 million. So if you see anywhere on my social media or stuff like that, I say that, you know, my mission is to help people change their lives through financial education and trading and investing. And my goal is to help over 75 million people do that. So um, I created Money School and I said, okay, everybody can't afford 100,000 or a million, right? And I have a $50,000 program, I have a $10,000 program, I have a $3,000 program. But I said, everybody can't afford that either. So what can I do to create a platform that will help anybody, no matter where they are in their financial journey, one, learn what money is and how it operates, two, get practical skills that they can begin to implement today, and then three, how can they use those to find high probability strategies to become a successful, consistent trader and change their financial future? So that is Money School. It is literally only $34.99 a month. It's a streaming network that is available on Apple iPhones, Android phones, tablets, Apple TV, Roku. It's literally like a streaming device. You can just sit up and binge watch it and learn about financial education, learn about trading, learn about investing. And you can be a beginner. You can not know anything about money or trading or investing. We literally start with the financial dictionary. We start with key topic word explainers. We have bite-sized courses. We have how-to tutorials that will literally show you step-by-step how to set up your first brokerage account, how to make your first trade, literally holding your hand through these opportunities. And it's available anywhere 24-7. And I felt like that was the blue ocean. That was the... uh, 
item that could really empower anybody, no matter where they are on their financial journey. And then you can grow through our programs like Trade Club, where you can trade live with me daily, mm-hmm. or you could take our advanced programs uh, like Money School Lab and stuff like that. So I really want to be able to create an overall product that no matter where you are in the world, no matter where you are in your financial journey, you can have a shot to learn and earn. That's awesome. Now, it sounds like with your platform, really low barrier to entry there. Love it. Really low. So you can get people in. You've got products. It sounds like that people can kind of scale up as they they go based on their appetite to learn more. Yeah, right? that's that's great. Um, how long have you been running Money School? So I started a version. I have about eight thousand students in my various programs. I started a version of Money School in 2020. Um, but okay. this is this is the this is the baby. Um, <laughs> and this is the one that's around all the platforms. So I started that about approximately two years ago. Actually two years almost to the date, August 1st was the first cohort, August 1st, 2020, that sure. uh, we launched that. But uh yeah, it's uh it's it's helped a lot of people, a lot of testimonies. Last year our students made over four million dollars collectively. So that's amazing. Very proud. Yeah, very yeah. proud. In just two years to see some solid results like that. That's fantastic. No, that was just one year. One year. Okay. Yeah, that was just 2021. Um, so we have literally students that have never traded before ever in their life who've made $250,000, $500,000. Again, I don't promise any of this stuff. Of course. But I literally have hundreds of testimonial videos of people crying and stuff like that. And so for me, it's the impact, right? Because once you learn about money, you learn how to make money, you learn how to make money work for you. Yep. It's relatively simple. It's not really, you know, rocket science. It's really just mm-hmm. kind of about learning the stuff and staying disciplined. But seeing those aha moments and seeing when the, the light bulb goes off for our students and it really clicks and makes sense and they're changing their lives or they're exposing this to their kids at younger ages, that's what's really truly impactful and exciting for me. Sure, sure. And I assume. All the content is you on video or do you have somebody else helping you? So the majority of it right now has been me. But like now in our in, in our scaling approach, uh, we just brought on. Um, so m- our advanced program, Money School Lab, is more uh, lifestyle as well. So we're going to be bringing on uh, a business a business credit professional, an insurance professional, trust and will professionals, uh, real estate professionals, literally now starting to scale money school. So basically mm-hmm. anything in and around money where you want to be able to learn um, and generate financial freedom through these avenues, you're going to be able to learn. So the goal is learn about money and what it is, learn how to trade it and invest it to get it to work for you. Then once you start to receive those profits, learn how to invest into other assets. So now you have different and multiple vehicles working for you yeah. because one stream of revenue is too close to zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it right on. And a lot of people are operating that way as just their job. Yeah. How do you create the multiple streams? So that's that's awesome. That's actually with Ticker. That's one thing that I'm starting to work on right now is a series of courses. They will be different than yours because you're more uh, focused on your algorithm, your trading. Ours will be more focused on investing, how to look at businesses, how to find competition, how to look at management Nice. Um, and some other fun stuff there. But yeah, it's it's cool. And it'll relate to, of course, a ticker, you know, kind of hand in hand. You should be using both because it sounds like you might get some customers that they'll join Money School 
they'll start building some wealth and be like, you know what? Maybe uh, I'll give some money here to Dion and see how he can deploy it. And right. <laughs> Yeah, and that's the plan. If you if you if you learn and you grow and you generate revenue and you get to certain levels, then you know all money wants their money to work for them, right? Mm-hmm. So whether it's investing in a hedge fund or commercial real estate mm-hmm. or startups, you know you also want to be diversified in your approach, right? So you are laser focused in putting your money to work for you. But then the more diversified it is, the less risk overall that you're actually taking. So, you know, one of the main things we talk about in the program is learning, being industry agnostic, right? Learning how to trade stocks, bonds, options, Forex, futures, crypto, but also learning how to invest and then learn how to invest real estate, gold, diamonds, you know, startups, technology, these things uh, give you exposure to give you diversification and they actually minimize your risk. Because if you just want to trade stocks, that's one asset class. If you just want to invest into trade into one uh, actual company, then you're putting so much risk in that one asset or in that one asset class that if for whatever reason that happens to tank, now you have nothing to sustain you and you've pretty much been gambling, right? So we do not want to do that. We want to have certain risk parameters. We want to know that before we invest or before we trade. And then we only want to put our money to work in high probability scenarios. We're not going to win every trade. We're not going to win every investment. We're not going to win every day. But over time, we should be consistent and we should be successful. Sure, sure. Well, that sounds really cool. I, I think um, the listeners may be intrigued to at least check your platform out. Again, really low barrier to entry. You can get in. Is there uh, any kind of like um, 14-day, 30-day trial, anything like that? So we do have free content on YouTube, you know, Money School. Okay. I do a lot of, um, you know, what I like to call free game videos that I give out on social media and stuff like that. Uh, but most of the platform is paid um, because immediately we give you access to the full platform. So you sign up today, you get access to all the hundred plus hours of videos immediately. Uh, it's self-paced and you have access to it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Right on. Nice. nice. Yeah. Well, before we transition to the rapid fire round, is there a question that uh, I should have asked, but did not ask? Uh, Got you on that one, huh? Uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I think uh, a question that I may have would have asked myself was, why didn't you get started sooner? Yes. And I would say I knew of and I got exposed to it. I would say the earliest I got exposed to the uh, stock market or the capital markets in real life. Uh, my junior summer in college, I played in the Hamptons Collegiate Baseball League. So I lived in the Hamptons. And I literally lived on Billionaires Bro. My host dad was a legendary stockbroker. He literally used to take the helicopter from the Hamptons to the city every day. That was the first time I really got exposed to it. But I was so deeply entrenched in wanting to be this, you know, Hall of Fame MLB baseball player Mm -hmm. that I didn't get started then. Um, And I now looking back, 2020 is hindsight. I wish I would at least put some money in it or dabbled at some point. And then I went to Hofstra University in Long Island, New York. And a lot of my counterparts left Hofstra and went to Wall Street. So, you know, I'm 34 now. If I would have got started at 18, it would have been a very, very different. Yes. So that would have been it. Why didn't I start now? 
This this will relate to a time machine question, which you kind of okay. just answered, which will come up here in a oh, second. I got but... some more for you. But go no, okay, <laughs> good, good. Well, let's jump into it. We get the rapid fire round. I like to call this the part of the episode where we get to find out who Dion really is. Okay. So if you can try to answer each question in about 15 seconds or less, if you go a little over, that's okay. Gotcha. You ready? I'm ready. All right. First question. What is your favorite podcast that you listen to? My favorite podcast that I listen to I like A16Z. I like Andreessen Horowitz. I feel like they have a broad spectrum and and give some good insights. Um, I'm really more of a book guy, but if I would listen to a podcast, I like Earn Your Leisure. I like those guys. And um, yeah, I would say those would be the top two. Yeah, good ones. Um, What is the recent book you read and would recommend? Recent book I literally just finished um, was called Becoming Your Own Banker. And it teaches about um, using life insurance to create a kind of family bank. Um, Very powerful stuff. I just finished that uh, yesterday and started a new book. Um, When I got done playing baseball, I felt like I was behind. So I promised myself to read at least a book a week. So I've read a book a week every week for the last uh, eight and a half years. Impressive. That's impressive. So Becoming a Banker was the last book. The most, I would say the three most impactful books for me for business was Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, uh, Law of Success by Napoleon Hill, mm-hmm. and Beat the Market by Edward Thorpe. Those right are on. probably like three life changing, business changing books that help steer the trajectory of my uh, professional career. See, this goes back to that making strategic chess moves. It's like that's the same thing as I'll ask people, okay, what is a recent book you read last week? And they kind of look at me like, what? What is a recent <laughs> book you read last month? Again, yeah. and they know where we're going. What is a recent book you read last year? And if yeah. they're saying nothing on all three answers, we got a problem, right? You're not seeing change. It's those moves you're making in life or lack thereof. Yeah, I'm a firm believer that the more you learn, the more you earn, yeah. right? And if you look at like reading a book, it's literally like lifting a veil over your eyes. You were once blind to something, but now you can see it. Um, and you don't know what you don't know. And it's very hard for you to execute with consistency stuff that you don't know, or that you don't know how to do. I literally 97% of the money that I've made in my life has been from something executing or something I've learned in a book or a, a course. Right. And so, you know, I tell people, if you have less than $10,000 of disposable income and you're not necessarily interested in investing or trading Pay for education, pay for to learn, pay to learn, buy a book, buy a course, uh, pay for a mentor, pay for something that can teach you to get above the level that you are currently at. And the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. The, The craziness comes in the expecting because you're doing the same thing here, but you're expecting to get the answer here. And it's just. But but wait, I'm grinding and I know it's just going to pay off. I know my moment's coming. Sorry. Sorry. It's not how it works. (laughs) (laughs) See a lot of entrepreneurs in that state. Like I'm just, you know, I know how to keep doing this. I'm sticking to it. I'm like, okay, time to take a step back. And becoming a millionaire is not or wealthy or rich, however you want to look at it, is not necessarily even about the money. It's who you have to become. And what you have to become to be able to operate at that level to handle. Like if I would, I was a millionaire in my mind way before I reached my first million. I made my first million when I was 28. 
And uh, I've been a millionaire in my mind a long time, way before that. But it was who I had to become and what I had to go through and what I had to do and the things that I had to learn. If I would have touched million at 25 or 18, I would have blew through it way faster, right? And I would have not been able to handle it as a person. I, pro- I was probably too prideful, too arrogant, too much ego. Like, it just wouldn't have been a good situation for me. I wasn't ready for it, right. which is why I didn't get it. And I, I'm, I'm grateful for that now uh, because reaching those things, I've learned a lot of those lessons. And, you know, you still, everybody still has their vices, but you learn the things and it's who you have to become to vibrate at that frequency or vibrate at the level that you need to be to be able to sustain it. Because it's one thing about making it, the other thing is about sustaining it, protecting it, and growing it. Growing it, yes. Because a lot of people, they can hit it and they have no idea how to handle it. Next thing you know, it's gone. Gone. (laughs) (laughs) This is good. I know we spent a little more than 15 seconds on that, but that was a a golden clip right there. (laughs) And we get that that clip there on YouTube. Um, All right. So this is a really important question. Here we go. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie uh, is Hardball with Keanu Reeves. And I'm biased because I was in it. Sidebar story when I was 12 years old in Chicago. It was a great opportunity to be in that movie. It was wonderful. And uh, it's my favorite movie because I'm in it. Outside of that, I like Interstellar because I'm a I'm a I'm a math and physics guy. Nolan. I love sci-fi. Yeah, Nolan is a great writer and director. Um, and then I love how close that is to the current you know, publicly known uh, physics technology that we have as far as like intergalactic travel and things like that. And I love those things. So uh, Interstellar would probably be my top and then Wolf of Wall Street. Yes, yes. And a Wolf of Wall Street is a very entertaining film. Interstellar's is pretty good too. I'm a big Chris Nolan fan as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Here we got two back-to-back that are pretty good. What is the worst business or investment advice you ever received? The worst business advice I've ever received. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's like one, but collectively the whole get rich quick approach, like flipping things. Like a lot of people say, I want to flip houses or I want to flip this. I want to flip that. And it usually never works out that way. It does. Right. It just, it, anything that has, I got to get this and I get, get it quick and I got to get a quick return. You know, even when people say they're flipping houses, it usually takes months for them to get it, rehab it and actually sell it on the market. So anything that anybody comes to you with a get-rich-quick scheme where you can put something in and get something right back real quick and the margins just seem or the returns just seem crazy, nine times out of 10, 99.9% out of 10 is is not going to work. So just (laughs) don't do it. Just don't do it. (laughs) Great, great advice. Now flip that equation around. What is the best business or investment advice you ever received? Overall, I'm going to be very transparent and honest about this. I love investing and I love trading, but this becoming your own banker more and more. I've I've been I've been hearing about it a lot, but here's why it's very powerful to me, because it's using insurance policies, which is a 200 plus year old industry. You're able to put the money in there and grow it tax free. You're able to, if you do whole life insurance policies, you're able to, and cash value policies, you're actually able to take a loan, cash loan from the policy, and you can invest it into anything that you want. So you can take money from the policy and you can invest it into stocks and the growth of that and the returns are tax-free. Yeah. Powerful, powerful stuff. So 
I still believe that trading and investing is the number one way, even over real estate, that individuals can learn a skill, bet on themselves and produce income because real estate is great, but it's also, it's not as liquid, right? So I believe stock trading and investing, whichever asset class you may fall in love with and have success, trading and investing. But the number one thing for rich and wealthy people, once they get money is how to protect it and how to grow it. And so that number one thing after you learn how to make consistent money is taxes. So if you can find any opportunities or any legitimate and legal vehicles that enable you to grow your wealth tax-free or at discounts, that's the next game. (laughs) There have been a few uh, previous guests that have talked about this same life insurance product. I won't go deep dive, but one of the guests I'm friends with, his name is Mark Willis. He, he He talks about bank on yourself, which is very much in line. What you're talking about is this whole life policy. You set it up, you can borrow from it. It's still growing on autopilot. And now you're applying the cash to whatever you want. Yeah, they call it infinite banking. And you know why it's also so interesting because it's literally the business model that bankers use, right? It's what banks use. They get your money in and then they, for every dollar a bank gets in, they're able to loan that money out nine to 10 times. So you put in a dollar, they can loan your dollar out nine to 10 times. They can get interest on the loan plus the payback. And they're going to give you 0.01% or a fixed rate. And they're going to make millions and billions of dollars off your money and trade it and invest it in the capital markets and give you pennies. So this puts you in an opportunity to where you can have a similar setup and system as the actual banking entities and then do exactly what they do. Trade, invest and loan out the money. Mm-hmm. powerful stuff. Awesome. So if you can learn a skill to trade and invest and you can do it with other people's money, do it. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Last question here is a time machine question. And you did talk about a great example of, of something you would have done differently in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, so without me saying the whole deal, you know how it goes. There's something you would have done. And at what age would you do it differently? Yeah, I would have... I would have had more balance between my baseball and uh, math, science, and finance focus. Um, I I got really good grades growing up in high school. I won the science fair, math, this, that, and the third. So I I had really good school. I got accepted into Dartmouth. But the Ivy League didn't didn't give um, athletic scholarships and we didn't have any money growing up. So I I went with my baseball scholarship and Hofstra was a great school. So I'm very grateful for that. But I would have... And I teach this to our uh, students all the time. I would have focused on math and physics. I would have focused on coding earlier. I would have focused on trading earlier. And um, I would have got my life insurance set up earlier. So if you could do those four things and you could do that for yourself and you could do those for your children now, I would start now. You can get life insurance on your children now pay a premium for the next 17, 18 years of their newborn. And literally by the time that they're 18, they can live off their life insurance policies for the rest of their life and never have to work. And it's not that they don't have to work, but having that choice and that freedom and that flexibility is life-changing. And so coding, so that, and then coding is so important for moving forward. Everything is technological based and knowing that language and then understanding math and physics because everything in this physical world is physics and energy. And if you learn how to control your energy, control your emotions, if you know how to do that, you can control your world. 
I love it. You just, you've packed in a lot of profound wisdom in this episode. Really, <laughs> really appreciate it. Seriously, this is a good one. Um, I am a big fan of that, of a few things you said at then, especially the coding part, not just coding, but learn tech, learn to get into IT. I, I, I learned about so many kids these days. They're thinking about going to college for this, that, and other thing, and they're not even passionate about it. It's like, why would you spend four years, rack up student debt to do something that doesn't pay well, nor you're passionate about, skip college, go do a code camp, learn IT, learn something tech, and you can literally write your own ticket. You can become an entrepreneur. You can work for somebody if you choose to. Much faster path to get from A to B. Practical skills that's literally changing the face of the world and how we live. And it's needed because it's going to be an abundant amount of job or growth or creative opportunities that you can literally design the life that you want to live. Mm-hmm. Well, I do have one more question, and this is a good one. Where can the audience reach you? Yes, thanks for that. So Dion Pouncil on all of the social media platforms, D-I-O-N-P-O-U-N-C-I-L. The website for Pouncil Capital is pouncilcapital.com. Money School is M-O-N-E-Y-S-K-O-O-L.com. So feel free to contact me on any of the social media platforms and or uh, Money School or Pouncil Capital. And I, I love talking with everybody. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Dion. This is great. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hey, I just want to say thanks for checking out this podcast. I know your time is valuable and there's a lot of other podcasts out there you could be listening to. So thanks for taking the time to listen to my guest's story. If you did enjoy this podcast episode, could you head over to iTunes and leave a five-star review? That would be much appreciated. Thank you. And last but not least, on this podcast, uh, some episodes we do talk about stocks. And please keep in mind, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. So if you did hear any buy or sell recommendations, please don't make those decisions based solely on what you hear. All right. Thanks a lot. See ya.